This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay, and I'm Lynn Trafford presenting Rotary Wheels on behalf of the Rotary Club of Ahuriri Sunrise in Napier. This program is kindly sponsored by Glenn's Pharmacy in Terradale. Are you thinking of getting your ears pierced? The comfortable way to have this procedure is for confident, practiced staff to pierce both ears at the same time. Pop into Glenn's Pharmacy and have your ears pierced today. Glenn's Pharmacy, Terradale. With me in the studio today is fellow Rotarian Ken Haynes from the Rotary Club of Stortford Lodge in Hastings. I last interviewed Ken Haynes on the 7th of April 2018 when he was an incoming assistant district governor with responsibilities to oversee the Rotary Clubs in Hastings and Waipukurau. This role he held until the 30th of June 2021. As happens in Rotary, as one retires from one line of responsibility, another seems to be ready and waiting for your volunteer hours. Thus it was to be for Ken Haynes. He now sits on the District 9930 J.R. McKenzie Youth Education Fund, a charitable organisation set up by Rotarian and retail giant J.R. McKenzie. The fund is for the betterment of children's education, achievement and general welfare. Let's have another catch-up with Ken Haynes. Welcome, Ken. Thank you, Lynch. Pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you in the studio with us this morning. I want to go back to the start of your assistant governor role, right back to the 1st of July 2018, and just spend a few minutes talking about what that role is and why you volunteered for it. So, assistant governor, how does one volunteer for such a role, <laughs> or does one not volunteer, Ken? Um a bit of both. You can volunteer to do service, uh, but s- s- there will always be someone coming along saying, Ken, would you like to do this? And would you like to do that? Don't have and to say yes, though, do you? So no. why did you say yes when you were asked to do this role? A friend of mine from a previous Rotary Club in Auckland told me that she'd once been an assistant governor uh, in Auckland, and she found it the best job in Rotary. Really? Mainly because you get out to a variety of clubs, mm-hmm. uh, away from your own club, you, you meet new Rotarians, you see what's going on and what they're doing, and, and generally speaking, you learn to know a lot more about uh, Rotary. I've already said that your area of responsibility was quite confined, if you like, and that's what happens with assistant governors, isn't it? You get a specific area and you look after that area and the clubs within it. How do you describe your area? Well, I I have five clubs uh, from Waipakarau up to Hastings and Havelock North, and um, but at the same time we also work with another assistant governor who looks after the Napier and Green Meadows Taradale clubs, and one of my goals was to try and get the clubs to work together on some programs 
and, and funding exercises, uh, which is what we managed to do with, with some things. So the clubs you were looking after in your period were Stortford Lodge, your own club, yep. Hastings Karamu, Hastings, Havelock North and Waipuk Rao. That's right, yes. Okay. Yeah. What did you learn about these clubs? Let's maybe start with them one by one because each has a point of difference, does it not? Waipuk Rao, for example, is the only one down there. That's right. So there's not another. <laughs> no, no, what does one learn about Waipuk Rao? They are a very good club and a very social club. Uh, a lot of rural people, of course. And uh, they have a lot of fun, and they participate in a lot of community projects, like developing the walkways down that way. And they they had a forest um, planted many years ago by Rotarians, and just recently they were able to fell that forest and use the funds for uh, all sorts of really wonderful programs. That's quite brilliant, isn't it? Really? Uh, oh, the forward-looking people uh, down that's this was 30 years ago yeah abs- mm. absolutely yeah. our club of course wasn't even in existence 30 years no. ago never, never mind <laughs> but never mind you're making never up mind. for it let's move on to Havelock North what's their point of difference other than the fact of course there's only one club in Havelock North that's right um once again they're another uh, well all of my clubs are good clubs Good. Obviously. Of course. You and wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything say, else, would no, you? No, that's right. Havelock North? <laughs> yep. They're a very solid club. They, they've got some very regular programs that they do each year, fundraising uh, with their trailer raffle and, and so on. Uh, they have a trust that, that uh, donates money to for various scholarships. And generally speaking, like many other Rotary clubs, they've got a whole series of pet favourite programmes that they actually do on a, on a regular basis, like reading for schools and that type of thing. That's right. Yeah. Hastings. Hastings is, of course, the oldest club in this particular area that we're talking about. Hastings' point of difference is perhaps that it's a lunchtime club? It is a lunchtime club. Um, it is much older. It, is, it will turn 100 years old in, about, I think, three years' time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a small club. Um, and whilst they don't do a lot of physical um, funding and programs because of the uh, the age, if I may dare say, uh, of the members, uh, they are they are very good assisting financially uh, other clubs to you know raise funding for various programs. For example, the Life Education Trust caravan uh, needed a refurbishing a couple of years ago. It did, yes. Yep, and, and as Assistant Governor, I was able to ask all the clubs in Hawke's Bay uh, if they would contribute toward, towards the cost of doing And it. we all did, I think. And it cost about $550 per each club. That's right. And mm. it worked beautifully. It yeah. did, indeed. And, and they were part of that same of group. Hastings Karamu, uh, perhaps its point of difference is the fact that this is a men-only club? It is a men-only club, and uh, they they have some very large fundraising programs, they especially do. Uh, to do with the sports centre over in Hastings there and, and so on. Um, it's, a, it's an excellent club. Uh, it's different to the others. You, you notice when you go there and there are no ladies present, uh, 
but apart from that, it's, it's, it's a really very good club. It is a good, strong club. Now, your own club, Stortford Lodge. While we're talking about Stortford Lodge's point of difference, maybe you could do a wee commercial for your club. Where do you meet and when, please? We meet on a Tuesday night at 5.30 at Cafe 5 and Lada in Manga Territory. We've got a membership of 39, 40 members now. Uh, we're mixed. And uh, in the last four years, we've, we've almost doubled our size. So we, we're really a very active club. Very All good-looking Rotarians at your club, Ken. Yes. Yes. There will be one or two others in other clubs, but we Generally speaking, we are, we're the best. It's a great club to visit. I have on several occasions visited your club and always felt particularly welcome. So all these years ago, when your associate in Auckland said that it's a give-and-take role as assistant governor, I'm thinking that we learn equally as much about our roles as the knowledge we pass on. So it's a reciprocal arrangement sort of, isn't it? Oh, it Did is. you find it worked like that for you? Yes, yeah. It just just um, being a Rotarian in Auckland for twenty years, uh, we did things differently up there to back home in Hastings, which was our home originally, and uh, and we retired down here five years ago. Uh, we did things differently, and I was able to introduce a few programs down here, which have proven to be very successful in in recruiting members, and also saying thank you to. Uh, people who've assisted us with prize givings and things like that, you know, organisations that donate prizes for our quiz night and so on. And uh, we have a really good night when we thank them all. That's a good thing to do, mm. isn't it? It's it so is. important to say thank you yep. because one never knows when you might want to touch them up again. <laughs> I wouldn't be so coarse as to say that. Ooh, well, there you go, there you go. Come the 30th of June, I can say that. Come the 30th of June... 2021, you retire from that role. To whom did you pass it on to? Uh, Brian Burra. Uh, Brian is a uh, excellent member of Stortford Lodge Rotary Club, and he's enjoying the role thus far. Do you think? Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. He's probably one of the most efficient people I know. And so, for Brian, it, it's an, it's another task to do that he will do really, really well. Good, yeah. good. And, and good. he knows a lot of the people already. I'm sure so. It's not hard, though, no, is it? No, no, especially in Waipakarau, because he, he, he lived in Waipakarau ah, for a while. I didn't realise that. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. of course. It's nice to include them. I, I, when we're talking about clubs within Hawke's Bay, I always try and include Waipakarau and Waira, because yep. that completes the family, yep, it doesn't does. it? Yeah, right. As I said in my intro, there came a time when it was to pass on to Brian, and there's another role sitting around waiting for you, the J.R. McKenzie Youth Education Fund. When was this all started? It's, it's not a new thing, is it? No. The J.R. McKenzie uh, Trust was started in 1938 by Sir John McKenzie when he sold the McKenzie chain of stores and created a fund uh, which not only looks after the, the J.R. McKenzie Youth Education Fund but also funds things like uh, Outward Bound and so on. And we receive a certain amount of money uh, every year from that fund into the J.R. McKenzie Youth Education Fund. And that's the, that's the money that we distribute to, to uh, 
schools and organisations related to uh, people who really uh, don't have much themselves. Can we just stop there a minute? Because it sounds very much as if we are just talking about our little piece of New Zealand, but we are not, are we? This particular fund covers the whole of New Zealand, and we are but a piece of it. That's, well, it was started in Christchurch. Ah, was it? Yes. Uh, yeah, because John, Sir John lived in Christchurch. Yep, fair enough. And that, that then moved into Wellington and Auckland, Dunedin and Hamilton. And a, each, of, each of those has its own Rotary district, or is the centre of each of our Rotary six districts. And there is a committee on each, in each of those districts uh, which runs the J.R. McKenzie Youth Education Fund. I said in my intro that, that the fund was really for the betterment of children's education, for their advancement and for the general welfare of children. And I guess that sits into being something like the objectives of the fund that you are now part of. Is that a fair summary of it, or is there more to it than that? There probably is more to it. it it's really designed to help people whose families one could say is in strife it may be buying a school uniform for a young boy or girl who is at school who doesn't have a father or doesn't have a mother or is one of eight siblings and parents can't afford to pay for that Uh, and there's numerous things that we actually pay for uh, out of that fund and usually it's where there has been some trauma within the family either complete lack of money, unemployment, and so on. It's very easy for us as Rotarians and for us as general members of the community not to really understand the nitty-gritty of hardship that some families are unfortunately experiencing as their everyday lives. This helps in that regard? Oh, Absolutely. And um, since I took over the role, which was last year, uh, the request of the district governor at the time, uh, Grant Spackman, who lives in Havelock North, um, we, I realised very quickly that the best people to go and talk to if we wanted to build up our numbers of requests was the schools. And I mean primary schools, uh, intermediate, and also uh, high schools and colleges. Because the, the people who see the, the kids every day and they know the family situation intimately, are the schools. Uh, A lot of schools have have counsellors, but the the teachers and the the admin people all know who their children are, and they love them and they they look after them. They they understand what sits behind each child, don't they? And gosh, that must take an awful lot of doing if you've got a school with say, 300 children in mm. it or something, to have mm. to understand what sits behind each one of those children is complex. Mm. That's right. So we're looking at things. You've already mentioned uniforms and clothing, if you mm. like, but there are other things, the larger expenses like spectacles and hearing aids, EpiPens, these, these medical, if you like, That's things right. that sit at a tangent to medical conditions. But also you're looking at things like psychological testing of children. That came as a bit of a surprise to me. Why do we have to look at the psychological testing of children? What is this for? Do you know? 
not, but not being a medical person, I wouldn't like to delve too de- deeply into that, except for the fact that uh, they, the, the teachers and, and the school recognise that a child perhaps is having learning difficulties. They, they, they're very, finding it very difficult to read. Now, are they dyslexic or is there some other problem behind it? And they, the, the number of uh, exercises, examinations now um, that we will pay for uh, that will tell the, the teachers exactly what the problem is so that they can be taught in a different way or, or um, they, they might need specialist training in something. Or specialist equipment. They might be partly deaf. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Yes. And until they have that, that, that specialist examination, uh, you, you don't know. No. So if you like, this, uh, this youth education fund can cover the cost of that. And then when the, uh, the disability, for want of another word, is established, then that hopefully is picked up by somebody or other else to look after. Oh, yes. That is not your role, is no, it? No, that's it's just not our to role. Help find out what might be the underlying problem. Correct. That's All right. right. There yeah. are some things that you do not cover. What sorts of things do you not cover, Ken? Electronic equipment. Ah, there's a goodie not <laughs> to cover, isn't it? Because by Jove's, that, that would use up all your money so quickly you wouldn't have anything left. I'd be out of a really. job. Mm. That's so right. those sorts of things, school fees, school trips, you That's don't right. cover those sorts no, of things, No, we don't cover those. There's no. plenty of other people that can deal with that, and yes. the schools have their ways of dealing with that as well. The 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 child is funded, but the child does not receive the dollar grant. No, there is good moral reason for it working that way. I presume. Well, the thing is, it's it would be something else for people to think about. But what happened? What what actually happens is that the school, for example, will put fill in an application form explaining the situation the family is in explaining the situation regarding the child and then asking for a certain amount of money um, which has to be backed up by a quote or an invoice from a supplier. It may be stationery, it may be clothing, it may be for a pair of shoes or whatever and a supporting letter from the school to us explaining why they want the money. And when we receive that, we can then judge from that um, and we would then pay the money out either to the school to pass on to the actual supplier um, or we will pay the supplier direct if the school wants that. Where does the local Rotary Club fit in all of this procedure? Because generally speaking, the clubs do fit into this somewhere, oh. don't they, Ken? Where do we fit as Rotarians? Well, I'm, I'm going around all the clubs in, my, in, in Hawke's Bay at the moment uh, talking to all of the the clubs and the members about how we want it to work at the moment, uh, being relatively new to the to the system, I'm asking the clubs to come to me, and I'm asking the schools to come to me initially. But the ultimate is that the clubs have members who will deal with the, with the schools uh, personally and get to know them, as I do with several schools, which I guess I've been to them a, a number of times. And then the, the the club will basically own the school, and they have a, they will build up a relationship with the school, so that if there is a problem, if there is a situation, the school will contact the club, 
and then the club will go and check them out and check out the the application and so on and so forth and then forward that all to me and and I'll co-authorise it with another Rotarian uh, who's who has, is a signatory on the bank account. So really, applications from schools in Hawke's Bay are going to be dealt with in Hawke's Bay. We don't need to send those no. applications away to somewhere else. No, that's exactly right. All be right. dealt with here yep. and a, a relatively quick process to, to deal with an application. I had one. Last week, we paid it out the day after we received the application. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The, this this fund, the Youth Education Fund that Rotary has been administering, has been in part of our Rotary program for quite some time now, hasn't it? It's not new. Oh, it's no. just new to us in Hawke's Bay, if you yeah, like. Re- relatively new. It, people have seen it, uh, but there's it, been no real push uh, in Hawke's Bay and, until... Uh, Grant Spackman uh, last year asked me to, to, to build it up. Do you know, um, it might be unfair to ask you this and that you're relatively new in this role, but do you know of some history that sits behind the grants, some unusual things that maybe the, the fund has, has given money toward in the past? Are, are there some outside the norm of uniforms and clothing? Are there some? Generally, no. No? no. So you're just sticking to your knitting, so yeah, to speak? We, 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 we normally have a limit of around about about three hundred dollars mm. per application. Yeah, um, and the, you know you can buy portions of a of a uniform for that. And a lot of stationery for And a lot of stationery. That's right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So, and it's not restricted to just one child within a family. No. There may be a family in need with, say, one child at primary school and one at intermediate. Both children yep. can be looked at. That's right. You might Normally you would find it would be five or six children. Yeah. If anyone is listening that thinks they know someone that could benefit from this, what is your advice to them? They could either ring me direct or they can contact their local Rotary Club. That's perhaps the best thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Then they can Google that that Mm -hmm. club and find a Rotary Club that sits by them. We have 11 Rotary Clubs in Hawke's Bay, so people can maybe find that online. If also you can't find that, if that is too difficult for your personal circumstance, if you get in touch with Radio Kidnappers, which is easy to find, then Radio Kidnappers can point that person in perhaps my direction and we can forward those applications on. Yep. That's yep. fair enough? Absolutely. All yep. right. Any other things you want to talk about this trust be- before we leave it for today? No, I don't think so. I think that's the bones of it is that I, I, can, I can tell you that it is incredibly rewarding to see applications come in from families that have nothing and be able to cover a new uniform and the difference that can make to a young child who might be the only one in the class that doesn't have a uniform. It makes them one of the gang, doesn't Absolutely. it, really? The, yeah. You take away the whatever it is that makes that child stick out mm-hmm. and makes them blend into everyone mm-hmm. else. And yeah. that, that's, that's yeah. better. Yeah. The applications that you've had thus far in your time, they've all been from Hawke's Bay that you're dealing with? Yes. Yeah. Are they from a variety of schools, say some in Hastings, some in Napier? Um, mostly been Hastings because that's where I've been basing myself and getting to know them 
and that's why I'm now going around all the all the clubs right the way throughout the bay talking to them. Yes, and you came to talk to us at our Hariri Sunrise yes. recently, and of course we have a primary school in Napier that we specifically work for, and I know some applications will come from our Rotary mm. Club and from that school to your trust, mm. and we look forward to you giving some money to children in need at our school. Won't it be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. It's a great feeling, I can assure you. I'm sure it is. Mm-mm. Thank you, Kian Haynes, from the Rotary Club of Stortford Lodge. Thank you for being my guest on Rotary Wheels today. To find out more about the Rotary Club of Stortford Lodge, hit Google and you will find their homepage easily. You are welcome to attend their meeting should you consider contributing to your local community via Rotary. Tuesday, 6pm, number 5 Cafe and Lada, State Highway 2 at Mangatiatia. Ken will shout you a drink if you romp on up. Just ask for Ken. Don't all come at the same time, everyone from all of Hawke's Bay, but maybe a wee few. Of course, if a breakfast club suits your working day timetable, Ahereri Sunrise meets at 645 a.m. on Wednesdays at East Pier in Napier. Please join me every Monday morning at 10 a.m. to meet another interesting Rotarian from your local community. I'm Lynn Trafford. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.